Hey, I'm Dean Blandino, and as a newly minted Detroit Lions fan, I always listen to Chris and Case on the Detroit Lions podcast. Lions with it, second and goal from the eight, down six, but on the move. Chris, working from the gun, looks out to the right, now checks out that Viking defense. Takes the snap, back to pass, looks right, got Case in the end zone, touchdown Detroit Lions! That's it, packs the bag, starts the plane, this game is over! How big is that? And now it's time to start the Detroit Lions podcast. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, the guys people are talking about when they discuss monkeys and footballs. Chris and Case. Hey, howdy ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast. This is episode 183. And this is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris. And with me is my good friend and co-host, Jeff, the Riz Risden. How you doing, man? I'm having a great hair day, so all is well. <laughs> it's always about the hair, and I love that. That's one of the things. Well, we were talking about that. That and your your master of the turn of phrase. That's one of the things I love about you, buddy. All right, uh, we got a lot going on today. We had a, a huge win in Chicago. Oh wait, no, oh. wasn't a win. <laughs> wasn't a win. We'll scratch that. Rewind. <laughs> we'll we'll talk about that. We'll uh, talk about the the current state of the Lions coaching staff. Matt Patricia. We'll talk about Jim Bob Cooter. We're going to talk about Matthew Stafford and some of the things going on there. And then we're also going to line things up for when Carolina comes to town. We've got a whole lot to talk about. Big show today. You ready to go, Riz? Let's do it. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right, a couple of quick announcements. First, check us out and help us out on Patreon. Special thanks to Dylan from Guam. Very Good, man. Of course, our very first donor, Mathis and Brian B. from iPrevail, iPrevailBand.com. Tour coming up, I think, starting yeah. around May. See it. And uh, he's going to join yeah. us on the show. He's going to join us on the show. We're going to get together. we get some stuff going. Yeah, that'll be that'll be fun. So uh, we got that going on. Uh, you could be a Patreon donor, too, at patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Uh, for as little as a dollar a month in donations, you get access to the Slack chat, which is, come on, tell you can be. You can tell whatever you want. What do you think about that that, that slide check? It's pretty good, right? I, mean, I enjoy it. I wish I was in it more, to be honest with you. Um, I'm, I'm on Slack all day with the uh, the USA Today wire editors, and that tends to be like I'm, I'm so preoccupied with that that I forget to hit the button and switch over to the other Slack channel, <laughs> the fun one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but you bring great great stuff. You always when I, I mean, do, when I do, I, I try to have fun with it. I try to be a little lighthearted there. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's good. It's not the. Even now, even today, in the face of where the lines are, there's no there's no cancer to be had in that chat. It's it's good stuff. It, it is. It really is. It's not. It's not a you know. It's not we're Facebook. All die. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I watched a thing on. Um, oh, who was that? The the um, the, the uh, Heaven's Gate people um, no. out in California with the comet. Yeah. I yeah. watched a documentary on them today. It's nothing like that at all. <laughs> we're not all gonna drink the the what would they have? They had like 
oh, some weird exotic like barbiturate and they mixed it with vodka and applesauce and they all killed themselves because they thought they were leaving their earthly vessels to go to a better place in the sky. Oh, we're not doing we're not doing that either on this podcast or in that chat. Yeah, and, and actually that's how I want to go though, just so you know. Um also you have access to the pre show show, <laughs> show, 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 show. We do that and uh it's available on the uh the YouTube when we put that together. So you can check all that stuff out. Just become a Patreon donor. Like I said, little is dollar a month and it helps support the show, help us do what we do, good times and bad, uh sickness and health, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Uh, give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, and on the Twitter machine at DET Lions podcast. Give us that follow DET Lions podcast, the very best place to see Riz swinging with no pants. <laughs> Rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify. Now, as we say, we're available for you on Spotify. Give us those ratings there. And also um, a, a very kind review. We love we love those. We thank everyone who's doing that. Any constructive criticism, as we say, this is a community show, and you help own it. So head to the subreddit to give us that, that uh, constructive criticism, and we will make adjustments. We're making some adjustments this week based on some input that we got from you guys. So, so don't be afraid. We read it all. Please do that. That's good. We like constru- we like constructive criticism. Give us a call via Skype at Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or call us on the Lions line at Stafford Blunt Carry On Lions. Also, 929-33-LIONS, 929-335-4667. Leave us a message and get a chance to hear yourself on the show. Tighten your chin straps, kids. It's time to review This Week in Reddit. All right, it's time to talk about all the fun and exciting things going down this week in Reddit. And how fun and exciting was that Chicago game, Riz? I mean, wowzas. That was a knock-your-socks-off fantastorama, right? Oh, man. It was, oh. It was just... bullshit. <laughs> I love that guy. I love that guy. I brought him early for you. <laughs> So let me let me just go straight into it. Is it time to start playing the freak out music? <laughs> I don't know, man. It really feels like it could be time to get the freak out music going. It, it looks like it on the uh, on the Facebook. It looks it's, like it on the Reddit. Oh it looks oh, like it everywhere Facebook, you go, wow. man. It is all on fire with freak out wherever you. Wherever we you need uh, need more Nile Rodgers in my life. That's always good. <laughs> The kids are like, who's that? <laughs> YouTube, Google, here we go. <laughs> All right, yeah, so let's talk it. about it. What did we see? This is, We saw the very best of Mitchell Trubisky. We, we saw, <laughs> that, you know what? I'll give Trubisky credit. He played fine. Yeah. He did what he needed to do. Yeah. I love, and, and I actually, I, I caught the Bears angle from this because, as you know, I live in West Michigan. I live closer to Chicago than I do Detroit. I can listen to Chicago radio over the air. I can't do that for Detroit. So I, I listened to some enemy chatter on this uh, Monday, yesterday. Mm-hmm. And one of the big themes was, was that they thought that they, the, because the Lions run defense was so bad that the game plan was going to be run heavy. Like all the Chicago media thought this. And it seems like the Lions also thought that. And that's mm-hmm. maybe why Darius Slay was a scratch. I mean, I'm, not, I'm certainly not questioning if Darius Slay was hurt or not. You know he wants to go if he, he can play. Yeah. So, Throw that, throw that out right there. But the fact that he didn't go, I think the Bears did a really good job of adjusting their plan of attack. And like, you know what, their run defense sucks. But I tell you what, T. Tabor sucks worse than that. Oh, Let's God. go after that guy. 
Yeah, that's that's that Tabor experiment has been both costly and uh, embarrassing. He, he, he is, and I, I did the research on it this morning. He is the lowest rated defensive player by PFF in the entire league for anybody who's played at least twenty percent of the team's snaps. Oh my God! So it's a uh, God. That's so we saw Lawson out there, right? And who's as sticky as heck, but can't get his hand turned. He always, yeah, he just doesn't have the, he doesn't have ball skills. You know, he, he's, he's fine. If you're using him properly, he was used properly last year because they had two other corners who could play. Mm -hmm. They they didn't have either of those on Sunday. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. uh, This was uh, like the opposite of what we thought was going to happen. At the beginning, in the all the whole entire offseason, oh, we were so comfortable with our with our umbrella defense, our secondary, and boy, it was just it was picked apart by all. And this is so Lions. I mean, you can go back to Matt Flynn, you can go back to so many guys. We get picked apart by quarterbacks that I, I'm, I'm not going to call Trubisky bad, but he's not a great quarterback by any stretch of the imagination, and he sure looked like it when he played us. He has a, the ability to be a good dual threat quarterback. And I think we saw a little of that. He didn't run nearly as much as I thought he would, um, other than the touchdown scamper, um, which was designed and was a smart play design and is always going to be there in that set against the Lions defense. Um, I I give a lot of credit to the Chicago coaches. I do give credit to Trubisky. I give credit to his receivers for getting open, making plays, catching the ball, being in the right place at the right time. You look at the other side of the ball and that – didn't happen. It, no. it, just, it just didn't. The, the, there's the timing was just off kilter. There was just you know, and and not to disparage Chicago's defense either. Uh, the Bears have a good defense. They they certainly are built to win defensively, oh, and yeah. they they did, but they didn't really need to because their offense also won that game. And we'll talk I, about the, yeah. our offense in that yeah. game. But you're you're we should, we. Should, all expectations and the setup of this team was built to beat that that Bears defense and and to be the key to winning the game against the Bears. Like we've talked about this, the key to this team was the offense has to score, and if we score, we're going to win. And yep. and and it just didn't it didn't it didn't pan out. I want to give credit. Uh, did you see that tweet from Snacks? Yes, that was great. And he, one of the things that he listed straight up as a place where he didn't do well and he needs to do better, and he took straight ownership was on on the Trubisky touchdown. He said he messed up, and that's on him. I couldn't believe when I saw that tweet from him. I was like, "Holy <laughs> crap!" He had, to, he had to really look for that blue check mark too. Like, is this is this really Damon Harrison? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He owned it, and he and he, he later he responded. He talks with fans. He's he's just a straight up cool dude. He um, is. That's that's why we're lucky to have him. He. Someone <laughs> said, "No, nah, man, you did great." And he's like, "No, those I own those things, and you know, I, I can I can lie to coaches. I can I can lie to my team. I can't lie to myself." Because that's just foolery. And and he he's you know, I was like, this is a guy that Detroit's gonna Captain. love. Yeah. <laughs> yep. This is a guy that fits Detroit and its soul, its heart, its its personality. That was really, really cool to see him take that ownership and run with it. And um I I'm I'm just super impressed with Snacks. He was such a great pickup, such a character guy. And then uh, Devon Kennard as well. Um he's 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 been a real class character guy out there. And um I mean does character win games? There's there's a conversation about that, right? <laughs> Do you want a Vontez perfect on your team if he's going to get you to the to the winning oh. place or or not? And I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'd, ra- I'd rather not. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, you really want the win after so long with this team, but it's it, you, at what cost? At what cost? So, 
Great guys. Just want to talk about that and 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 with yeah, their ownership. Because yeah, yeah, I'm glad job. you brought up Kennard. He he gets special mention. Uh, Mike Payton from Pride of Detroit, um, who's a good friend of mine, lives lives here in Holland as well. Went down to the Chicago game, covered it. Um, he said Kennard went out of his way to spend extra time talking to him after a lot of other Lions were like, "Don't talk to anybody." Yeah, that's the locker room. Mm. Um, so so Kennard deserves some credit for that too. Yeah, yeah, for real. That's that's something that. Uh, I don't know, and it's 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 rare to see. And when you got a team, look, I get what's going on, and we've talked about the media. I get what's going on with between the media and the Lions and, and all that. And you got a situation where the NFL mandates that they have media time and all that, and it's one of those things where the media in, in many places where they get this kind of access or given this access, they take advantage of it and use it maybe beyond what it was intended for. And I'm not saying that they need to be printing pamphlets saying go lions. Right. But there's also a great way to report. And I'm just going to call out again, Justin Rogers, Kyle Mikey has been really good too for, for quality reporting, which is not slinging an opinion at you, but right down the middle. Right. And we talked about this a little bit ahead of the show today about about their style and what they bring. And it's just so much. It's so refreshing to see their stuff and know that when they're talking to you, they're not trying to incite an opinion. Some of the stuff I've seen from Rothstein lately has literally just been pot shots. And I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Man, he's he's well, he, he has bad posture. Chris. Well, Chris, right, right. There's this, they, but it's this, no one wants to deescalate on that. You know what I mean? They continue no, this pot no, shots need, back need, and forth and it's just, yeah. it's not good for anybody. It's just stupid. There's no, there's no detente there. It, this is, this is not, you know, Sadat and Bacon getting together. They always, they always just say, happening. don't, don't go to war with someone who buys ink by the barrel. Right. That's right. <laughs> Darn straight. Yeah, there you go. So anyway, that's that's playing out. There's that drama, which is stupid. Um, I heard from people saying uh, it's the media's fault. No one ever said it was the media's fault. Okay, so just just stop. Just just fucking stop. Okay, so let's uh, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit. Let's go from the <laughs> Chicago game that we all talk, we all know about. We, we we've seen um, special teams. Yeah, it's great. I mean, let's think about it. The only part of the team that worked really flawlessly was the team without a coach. There may be something to this. I'm just I'm just telling you some some out of the box thinking here. Maybe if we don't coach the offense, we score more. Maybe we get magnets in the footballs and put the other end of the magnet in the goalpost because that seemed to really work well. <laughs> our, our MVP defender was the goalpost. Awesome. <laughs> Game ball is stuck to the left upright right now. <laughs> it was funny. I, um, I I forget who it was. Somebody sent a formal request to the NFL to find out if that had ever happened four times in the game before the NFL's like, we have no idea. That <laughs> <laughs> was, I mean, God, oh God. Every time it happened, it's a little more hopeful. <laughs> it was great. It more... was the same thud every time. Like that, sometimes yeah. you get a thud, sometimes you get a dong, sometimes you get a boing. These were all just boom. <laughs> Sickening thud. Oh, like a man. homeless guy falling off a roof. Yeah. Oh, oh, very good. Very good. All right, let's move in. Let's talk about the coaching. And there's there's people right now that think maybe uh, not having a coach is, is the right thing to do after <laughs> nine games into the season. I just wanted to – I was oh. thinking about this, and I, I just had to take a look. And the, the concept of firing – a coach every year or faster, right? What does that do for you? Well, number one, it makes it so nobody wants to work for you. 
right? Because yes. any coach in the NFL knows it may take more than a year if you've got a team that's, that's, that's you know, any team to, to get your scheme, your system, your people, the whole thing. You know it's going to take a little more than that. Do you want to bet the farm on a one-year employment contract? Do you want to move your family? Do you want to go through all that? Anybody anybody out there listening want to move for for a year or for, for half of a half of a year and then uh, know, knowing that you could be thrown out if you're not the top of the top of the pops maybe not um <laughs> but i actually have a specific example i want to talk about and and and, and kind of just oh, put good. out there for folks um the world famous buffalo bills lighten things on fire this year i mean literally but <laughs> uh, they, 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 to, they to be fair they did just blow out the chats but <laughs> <laughs> okay we could we could probably go there next but okay so, <laughs> so since 2000 since 2009 they've had six coaches Okay, and and of those, um, two of them were there for one year. None of them were there for more than two years. Okay, and if you think about that that string of talent that is, you know, um, what what is it? The reanimated corpse of Rex Ryan was there for yes, for a short yes, period. it was. He uh, lasted a year and a half. Yeah. Anthony Lynn took over half a year. Yeah. Doug Marone, um, who uh, didn't he quit and come back or something like that? It could have been. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't even remember what the deal was with that. They had um, Chan Gailey, who, by the way, when they hired him, was the super hot name. Yeah. Like, oh my god, it, it, everybody was like, oh my god, the Bills just hit a home run because he took over for Dick Duran. Yep. And if, we all know Dick Duran pretty well from his time in Detroit as the offensive coordinator. Yep. You can go all the way back to 1998, and they've only, in that time, they only had three coaches that lasted three years. <laughs> the rest are less than that. So from 1998 to now, they've had 10 coaches. So that's just, that's the average of every two years swapping into a new coach. And what has that got? The, the Buffalo Bills, that, that stellar win over the Jets this week. <laughs> They have one playoff appearance this century. Yeah, yeah. It's, no win, appearance, one in a century. And uh, the same kind of thing. You fire a guy after eight games who wants to work for you. You have to give Patricia a chance. You're on the train. Ride it. The people calling for him to be fired right now are just overreactive, emotional. I understand. I understand being mad. I understand after watching the Jets game and this Bears game and the Minnesota game, I understand the anger and the frustration. I, we have people saying Caldwell was better. And and I want to kind of address that a little too. Well, mm, Cal- okay, go for it. Cause Cal- I'll probably fight you on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Caldwell was, was we, we saw his ceiling. I, I, we saw the the best of Jim Caldwell here. And if you look at any number of the seasons, all of those games we could have lost because of the comeback and the barely winning. We could have been, you know, five win seasons, six win seasons with just a, a, a 10 second runoff, a bad, a bad call from a ref. That's all it would take for us to lose those games. Those are a wins a win. Yeah, that, that's right. But when you have to do it that way so many times, as exciting as it is and how much fun it was to jump on the bandwagon, that's no way to build a real football team that's going to find success over the long haul. You can't win in the last second of every game coming from behind. It's just no way to do it. We saw Caldwell's best. Uh, we saw Ron Prince not leave until Caldwell was gone because he wouldn't make that decision. He wouldn't do that. We saw his arm forced on Joe Lombardi. Right. We saw the best we were going to see from Jim Caldwell. If you want a nine and seven team that might make the playoffs every year, but generally probably not. And then we'll lose in the first round. Jim Caldwell's your coach, at least in the Detroit Lions and, and the way things are. And with the, the, the whole scheme of GMs and what you have right now, that's your guy. 
But if you want to take a chance at maybe making a better team, you've got to make a move. And Matt Patricia was the talent this year. Anybody would have taken him, but they knew Everyone knew, I don't want to say the fix was in, but he had a destination in mind at the end of the season. No one else was getting him and no one else was waiting around. So the whole idea that Caldwell was better, yeah, you know what? His record certainly was better, but you can look at any number of coaches who've been very, very successful in the NFL and say, well, they had four wins, five wins their first season. And they wound up being, being, you know, Jimmy Johnson, uh, Bill Belichick. You can talk about all these guys that started out this way. Detroit's different because literally people are lighting their hair on fire because of expectations were set so high. The worst thing that happened to this team this year was Bob Quinn coming out and saying nine and seven is, is a failure. That's the very worst thing that happened to this team this year. And, and we all, were there and everybody thought this was going to be something big and exciting and everybody's hopes and expectations are dashed. You feel lied to, you feel cheated, you feel all those things. And, um, that sir is no way to run a business. <laughs> that is, is a bad, bad thing. So, okay. That go was, ahead and fight me on Caldwell. No, um, I, and I was just going to say, you're right about Caldwell hitting his ceiling. The problem is, is that his floor was so significantly higher than the unknown that you had with Matt Patricia and the, you had to be prepared to take a step back because this is an unknown commodity. This is a rookie head coach. He's never been a head coach before, not even at the college level. You damn well better believe that matters. The more I cover the Cleveland Browns on the side, the more how, how much I realize that you gotta have some experience at being a, an over overlord master of the entire field, not just one position group or one side of the ball. You have to be able to manage players' egos. You have to understand how to run a practice um, for an entire team. You have to understand how to throw together a game plan, how to budget time in the film room, how to budget training time, how to handle the media, how to handle the media obligations that are required in your contract, Um, which I've heard from a couple of people. Matt Patricia was like, I I, I didn't want to sign that part of the contract. Yeah. He, he wanted to do essentially what, what Bill Belichick did in Cleveland, which by the way, did not work. That one, it really sounded like at that time. <laughs> Normally I don't hear it, but that time it did. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, when you're winning, that stuff goes away. And I do think that if this team were winning, we'd be a lot more tolerant of the, um, the press conference answer that he gave on Tuesday, which had the, the phrase, we've got to get better four times in one answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, that That's a recurring theme. You can put it on loop. Yeah. Well, think, think about how people are reacting after the Green Bay win or after the New England win. Right. Good teams. Good teams out there that yes. we, we, we soundly beat. It wasn't a last second win. It right. was an absolute dismantling of those teams. We showed up and we played great. And how? where was everybody afterwards? It was, ah, we finally cracked the code. Here we are, right? Yep. But it's exactly what you're talking about. And, and, and there's a learning curve here for Patricia as well. Every head Big coach time. goes through it. You have to believe either he has the talent to get through this curve. I happen to believe it. I happen to believe, you know, look, I live in a Six Sigma world. I live in a world of continuous improvement. I lean, I, I do a lot of different 
things in that whole space. I believe You're hanging with my wife again. <laughs> so sorry, but we we, t- we say nice things about you when we're together. <laughs> uh, everybody says nice things about Riz. That's the problem. You really can't rip on the guy and mean it. But anyway, this, this, you, you haven't seen my Twitter mentions. <laughs> <laughs> but it's Twitter. It's not real life. Uh, the, the the whole thing is is that whole improvement mindset. I've seen it. I know that it works, and I know you know how it comes. He's a rocket scientist by trade. We know that. Uh, just like you know, Chris Durham was was Stafford's roommate, and the whole the whole thing drink whatever. <laughs> Did you hear he was Matt Stafford with New Clayton Kershaw when they were kids? What? I don't I don't even know who Clayton Kershaw is. I just know that they knew each other when they were kids. Yeah, well, baseball season's over now, so we'll we'll stop talking is about it? that. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, don't even know. It, it was over in April, but anyway. Uh... <laughs> okay, good. They never play again. I'm okay with that too. Yeah, that's, I'm done with that one. But uh, anyway, so yeah, that's I mean. You do you believe he has the talent and the potential to be able to learn and get better? I I absolutely do. And even if I didn't, I couldn't fire him today, and I couldn't fire him at least at the earliest until after next season. It's, it's unfortunate. Really, you you would not be willing to do the the whole um, who was it Ray Rhodes that the Packers fired after one year. Hugh Jackson got one year in Oakland. And by the way, that proved to be a very good move. Maybe the last good decision the Oakland Raiders made. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Um, I think they did pretty good with Amari Cooper. <laughs> but anybody can get a trade, a wide receiver trade so, over on Dallas. Oh, man. Oh, my yeah, God. Think about, think about that if we, were, we only had one win this year. And their their win was an absolute, it was literally a gift from the officials. The Browns picked up a first down. The, the officials over the the objection of the officials on the field, yep. New York moved the ball back on that play. <laughs> the officials on the field were like, you could see it, and it, and it was it was um, oh who the hell was it? Uh, I can't even remember now. But you he you could hear him like you could see him like when he got the call, he's like, are you sure? You could you could literally see him mouth that. Yeah. Are you sure? <laughs> Because it was clear to everybody who watched that, that they got it. So they, they, they were propping up John Gruden artificially. Mm-hmm. I am not a conspiracy theorist. I 100% believe that the league gave him a win just to save some face for the Oakland Raiders franchise. Yeah. And and if you look. Um, not to get on a di- divergent tangent there, but I don't know why they would do that. They were a pretty good team last year. They were, they, they were, they were a good team and it all went south very quickly. And it went a lot further south than what this Detroit Lions team has done with a new coach. Exactly. Um, by exactly. the way, a rookie coach, mm-hmm. um, not a, not a Super Bowl winning coach, not a guy who is beloved by everybody going into the job. So maybe, maybe, maybe that's the perspective we need. I'm, I hate doing that. You know, you're comparing yourself to the worst team in the league and the Raiders are absolutely the worst team in the league, but you have to realize that the lions, they're not there. They're they're They are so much above that level right now. They're, we haven't seen it the last two, three weeks. And And that's very frustrating. But the fact that they beat the Patriots, they beat the Packers, they beat the dolphins on the road in a game where they were underdogs, all these things that that team's there too. And it's, we've forgotten that that team, too many people have forgotten that that team is still there. Yep. absolutely. And, and I get it. I get it. It's frustrating as hell. I mean, I, I, I do the radio show on Sunday mornings and everybody in the casino, when I, when I was, when I said, uh, when we let into the show this weekend and I said, the playoff run starts today. Yeah. And, and one guy openly laughed at me. And he did. <laughs> he, pointed, he, point, he pointed to the bar and he's like, what have you been drinking? <laughs> um, and I, I really believe that we, you know, 
full disclosure, I did pick the Bears officially both on the radio on Friday <laughs> and in my picks column last week. I changed my mind on Sunday morning because I had an epiphany as I was driving to the casino. I'm like, I really like the Lions today. Oh, God, I think, I think we're due. Thing to do. I loved it. It really was. <laughs> Oh man! It really, oh boy! That's the last time I last time I have my epiphany from get a coffee cup. Yeah, don't get don't get your heart in there. Um, no, no, it's 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 true. And I so I, I tell you, you you, you just got to wait till next year. You just have to wait till the end of next year. You have to see where this team comes because you're right. That team is in there, and I think it if is. you do it, it earlier, really you're just screwing yourself. So there's that. Let's talk one more thing. I think because this one is really. Um, this is like the whole kind of thing in a in a nutshell. Um, Patricia was asked about why he didn't make the the punt before the half, right? And he said, "Well, we had the ball coming out of the second half, right? So halftime swing, we had three points before the half, and we came out, we had the seven, and we had the three, so that's pretty good." It, it, absolutely, like what? No, <laughs> I, and and so then everyone's like. Twitter was alight with all the, you know, what's this? Here's the real answer. If you you put the Patricia filter on, I I fucked up, but I really can't say that I fucked up because no matter what I say, you guys are going to freak out. But if I say I fucked up, you're going to say I gave up. So I can't do that. I got to come out here and lie. And oh, I got to come out here and lie because I got to come out here. <laughs> it's again, that whole press access and, and the, 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 so many people pushing, driving narratives and, and rather than doing the whole, we're going to report down the middle, right. Of what, of what happened. And I, I miss those days, Riz. I miss hearing the news and being able to hear what they say and make decisions for myself rather than being told what to think every time somebody fucking speaks because it's driving me insane. The real thing is, is he fucked up. He's a rookie head coach. He should have called that, that, that timeout and, and stopped and then seen what they could do because that's, that's the, and then sat Joe Lombardi down with tape over his mouth and said, Stafford, you've got the playbook. Go do something in the next, you know, 50 seconds or whatever it was that was left. That's what should have happened. He can't That's say that, though. There's no, no way he can he, say that. He, he yeah, up. you're right. He fucked can't up. say that. Every coach fucks up. That's Every what coach fucks do. up. The, the coach, the by the way, who coaches. I... Look at, look at Caldwell, how many times he fucked up with clock. We had to hire somebody to do clock management look at, for him. Look it at happens. Andy Reid. Yeah. Andy Reid yeah. still screws it up. He, he, he's got the best team in the AFC by far. Yeah. Well, I, I was, the Chargers are really good, too. Yeah. But the, the, and, and he screws up the clock all the time. It has cost them playoff wins. Yeah. The guy that I wanted for the job, not Matt Patricia, I wanted Mike Vrabel. Y'all know that. Yeah. Yeah. He Look what he did when he was in London. He cost his team a game with a stupid decision. Two stupid decisions, actually, down the stretch of that game. That loss was directly on him. It might keep them from making the playoffs. The rookie coaches do make mistakes. There is a learning curve on that. Matt Nagy made a mistake, and they're, they're the, one of the Bears games, really. I don't remember which one it was, but he he did. Uh, what the hell did he do? Uh, he uh, I, the, the moment escapes me, but Bears fans were like aghast that, oh, my God, well, this guy's our wonder kid coach, and he screwed up. Yeah, um, It happens. That That's part of why why – Having this experienced unit team with a rookie coach, when when they told me that they were going to the nine and seven wasn't good enough anymore, mm. that's that's a sign where you bring in somebody who's a proven winner. Yeah. And instead you brought in somebody who was unproven who has to go through these growing pains. And that is that like you said, that is the most frustrating thing about this. This whole thing was Bob Quinn telling us that nine and seven was no longer acceptable. Um the the 
he didn't understand that the other end of that is that this team could very well go five and eleven. Yeah. How's that going to play? And well, he, he saw he that, saw he, the team that played against the Patriots. Consider that yeah. he saw the team that played against the Patriots. He didn't see the team that played against Chicago or Minnesota, right? I mean, he and, right. and, and it's an absolute schizophrenic team. They're completely different teams and they really are and and it's it's anybody to deal with that i don't care who we are that's that's a that's a tough one to crack but when we talk about the panthers and this week's opponent we'll we'll, we'll get into that a little bit because yeah. they, they they're a little bit that way too <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so yep he made a mistake go ahead if you want to crucify him do it that's that's what i guess fans do but so, the, the so armchair the, fans sorry i got one last point and I'll, I'll let you talk please about do, please do. the armchair fans who say that you can't even do what high school coaches do just just go away it happens all the time with both experienced and rookie coaches throughout the nfl he's made it once if this becomes a a, a recurring issue then absolutely we're going to start thinking about it and talking about it and and we'll go on from there but this this is not something to burn the house down over this isn't indicative of massive coaching failures on the type of on the on the side of patricia so that's where i'll stop go ahead Riz. sorry all i will say is that you can complain all you want about Matt Patricia being the head coach. He will be the head coach of this football team in 2019. Bob Quinn will be the general manager of this team in 2019. I don't know a lot of things. I know that is the case. So you can either keep raging against the machine and railing against the system, or you can hope that it gets better. Uh, I tend to be a hopeful person. I can't live with my life with that kind of negativity. I just can't. So I'm going to go and hope that it gets better and hope that they learn from their mistakes this year and move on and do better things. I hope that most fans are with me, though, judging by what I've seen in the face. Oh, my God, the Facebook. Oh, my God, Chris, the Facebook comments. <laughs> well, I'll tell oh, you, Riz, we've had a lot is, of. That is, that is 100% the worst part of my job is the fact that I do have to, in fact, moderate the Lions Wire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. Facebook comments. That's the reason oh, we don't do comments. So, oh, my God. <laughs> Um, I just tell you, there, we, we've had a, a number of big names in the show, and I think one of the, the longest, the biggest, deepest quotes that we've got. Smell the roses instead of pissing in the garden all the time. That's, I think, one of the most important things to remember at this point for everybody. That, that's my life philosophy. <laughs> philosophy. Have that fat tattooed on the back of my neck. <laughs> It'll be fun to read that. Um, all right, so let's talk about <laughs> having things tattooed on your back. Let's talk about those guys that uh, fanatics. They have all kinds of great jerseys. Get your snacks jersey on. Right, you can get your custom made jersey. You can get that's that's a good one to get, folks. Yeah. Go out and get that one. Just not with the blue pants. Oh my god, the blue pants. No, god, the curse. I, the blue I pants. never see the blue pants again. I will be happy. Yeah, it's it's absolutely right. Absolutely I don't think Fanatics right. sells the pants though, so I think we're good there. No, no, they don't. Although I tell you, we we do have a a store of some merchandise we put up, and um, we're we're looking at uh, putting some women's yoga pants with a some some <laughs> Chris and Case's faces on the sides. We'll talk about that later <laughs> it's for a very strong <laughs> self-confident woman <laughs> it would be any worse than juicy <laughs> yeah no shit oh man so anyway look um you want to get your lions merch you want to get if you're still a baseball fan it's okay we we love you we didn't mean to, to, to rip on the people that like baseball it's just not our thing right hockey is going the pistons have been a little bit hot it's been looking good all your sports merchandise you got the uh what is it the revenge tour michigan is going on what is that called the retro re- Revenge tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say retribution, but there's a different. Get, get, get yourself a Chase Winovich jersey because he might be in Detroit soon. Yeah. And uh, uh, Michigan could probably use the money and it might eventually filter down to him at yeah. some point. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking retribution. Touch, touch. 
but it's, it's revenge. Yeah, the revenge yeah. tour is ongoing. It looks great. I I really hope they beat Ohio State. I know you're Ohio Bobcat and you feel a little close to the boys in Columbus, but I I, I just I want to see that become competitive again because I love it when Michigan State and Ohio State and Michigan are all competitive with each other. That makes for some awesome Saturday football. It really does. I I totally agree, and I will pick Michigan to win this year because they are clearly the better football team. Wow, clearly, well, it's 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 not even close in my mind. After your Lions prediction, everyone go put your money on Ohio State. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> anyway, we talk about all this merchandise and all this stuff. <laughs> Uh, the best way to do it, head on over to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Click on the shop link and you can go and get all that Lions stuff or any sports memorabilia or uh, clothing or whatever you want. It's really awesome. I'll be wearing my Fanatics gear at the Thanksgiving game while I'm there. Uh, I forget. I'm, I'm row three behind the Lions bench. I really went in. Wow. Yeah. I, I went. I think the word is deep. <laughs> That's this hard time. Work. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, yes, the wave, say hi, whatever. Um, we're we're going in and uh, wearing all our Lions gear. We'll be right down there. See if you know when we did the um the Tampa Bay game, uh, Matt Prater came over, signed some stuff for my son, talked was really just just awesome. And uh so yeah, we'll be down there. Section one oh eight, that's it, third row. Well we'll he come down and say hi. Um be there for that, but we're going to be wearing all our gear, and we all did it the same way. Detroit Lions podcast, DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Click on the Fanatics link, shop link. There's a graphic, all that stuff, and it's a great way to support the show by doing something you were going to do anyway. And thank you, everyone, who's who's used that link. It's it's super helpful, and, and we've got some giveaways coming again here. We're about midway through the season, so I'll, I'll reach out to them. We'll get some giveaways going on from them for all our, our dedicated fans and listeners. So, all right, let's move on. Let's talk about there's this guy on the team. You may have heard of him. Um, his name's Matt, John Matthew Stafford. Sorry. And there's a lot of talk out there about firing him right now. Um, well, you know, he's an expensive part of the team. Maybe if we got rid of him, we could have room to get real players. And, oh, um, God. yeah. So this guy, oh, this guy's God. trash. He was obviously the reason we lost in Chicago. You saw how bad he played in Minnesota. He's, he's past his prime. Um, he's got no arm strength. He's got no mobility. He's got no heart. He, he had that one. He could have gotten a first down by running and, and he didn't, didn't run for that one. Obviously, this is the weak point of this team and the, the total reason for our abject failure. Um, convince me otherwise, Riz. <laughs> Your face right now. I wish we got to get this and put this on a video too so people can see some of these reactions. I don't know whether to laugh, cry, or vomit. This is sad. Oh my God. The whole. Okay, to go back to what I just said about Quinn and Patricia are going to be the coach and GM in, in 2019. Matthew Stafford is going to be the quarterback in 2019. Whether you like it or not, I suggest you try and like it because your life will be better that way. They cannot get rid of him. It is, um, I, I don't have the figures in front of me. I, it would cost so much to get rid of him that un, unless another team is going to trade for him. And why would a team trade for a player who sucks so bad? Right? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. That, that's all I ever hear. Is that he's a giant he's contract, got a overpaid, yeah. overpaid. Yeah. Oh, man. Exactly. It, it, you know, it, He's Jawan Howard of. Maybe we could eat some of his money in order to get rid of him. That would be a good move. 
There we go. Yeah, that, that worked real well for, for Brock Osweiler in Houston. What they do, 4-12 and 12 last year with Deshaun Watson? <laughs> well, yeah, I'll tell you, in, 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 in the long history of selfish uh, Detroit Lions quarterbacks, I was chatting with Dan Orlovsky today, and uh, he's not going to be on the show because he chooses, oh, well, I had plans with the family. Selfish, selfish, selfish. I can't believe he would choose the family over our podcast, but whatever, Dan. Okay, whatever. Anyway, he had a, a great tweet today, and um, he breaks down uh, as as only Dan can, right? He does a great job of doing the, the, the those breakdowns. He really does. Dan Dan knows his stuff on this. Yep. And we talked about this on the um, on the post game show. We were trying to get an offensive coordinator in. The problem is is the guys that I've talked to so far, the only offensive coordinators they know are actually working. So that in, in the NFL right now, so they're not really going to help us with a good breakdown. <laughs> they're not going to give us a lot of insight. So we're still working on that. We're going to see what we can do there. But uh, I talked to Danny couldn't, and, and we talked about this topic and from his tweet, it was like perfect to bring him in and talk about it because he comes right down to the point that the, um, the lines are struggling to win with man. Okay. Um, there was a lot that went well with the offense that you didn't see because the final execution was, was there was no separation and the wide receivers couldn't get out. And I got some, some stats here to talk about with that Riz and, and I'll, I'll unleash the, the Rizinator on this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the average separation a wide receiver gets from his nearest defender, the time of catch or incompletion is 2.8 yards. It's three yards of separation. It's nine feet. That's pretty, that's pretty good, right? For the Lions yesterday, the best was TJ Jones with 2.48, which is just below average. Kenny Galladay at 2.3, Michael Roberts 1.78, and Marvin Jones with a whopping 1.25. So you're talking four feet instead of the standard um, nine. Mm. That's a that's a huge difference. That's a that by the way is when the ball is thrown, not at the point of catch yes. either. Yes, and then if you want to look at um, the other side of the equation, Anthony Miller. Was at four point seven yards, so there's there's some 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 real gaps here. Mm. <laughs> Who's covering him? <laughs> the Lions are absolutely struggling in in against man coverage, and they, their wide receivers are not separating. I asked Dan, "Is it a wide receiver issue?" And he he just he just went back to they're 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 struggling to win against man. Period. So. Okay, let's 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 talk about what Marvin Jones has been his entire career. He is a guy who's a back shoulder guy. He's a guy who wins contested catches. I'll go back to when he was at Cal. One of the reasons why he felt a lot of people in the thought he was like a, a first late first or second round pick in the draft. He never got separation when he was at Cal either. He didn't get separation when we were at the senior bowl in the one on one matchups. He had a couple of times where he torched the guy, but most of the time he is not an explosive athlete. He wins different ways. You win by tailor with him by tailoring your offense to what he does well. He was great at playing off of Golden Tate, a guy who got tremendous separation, um, quick separation on plays. <laughs> I hadn't recognized <laughs> that. Wow. Golden Tate got great separation. Um, how about that? You know, um, and Kenny Galladay, as much as we like him, we talked about this when we saw him in training camp this summer, Chris. Yeah. He's not getting separation. He doesn't beat man coverage all that well when he doesn't have somebody else working with him on that side of the field or working a conjunctory route. He does That's, pretty good with vertical separation, though. Yeah, boy, yes, he, he does. <laughs> yes, he can. And Matthew Stafford can put it up there for him. Yep. And that, that's part of their game plan. They're not executing that very well either. That's more on the quarterback, in my opinion. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But the, you, So you have receivers who are not good at getting open on their own. So you either scheme 
against it, or you have the quarterback make those high-risk throws. That, by the way, is the old Stafford that we saw very early in his career when Chris Durham was the number two wide receiver and you and I were the number three and number four. That's that We don't want to go back to that, but that's the, that's the receivers that they have. So I'm going to try to spin this a little forward into the draft because I know a lot of people are starting to ask me draft questions. Well, and, and really quick, Riz, I want to, I want to yeah. just, and this, you, it's a great no, segue. No, finish, finish it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to really, and this is, the, you know, we're going to really hit the draft after the Thanksgiving game. That's when we're going to start regularly start looking at needs and, and, and spaces here um, at, throughout the rest of the season, just just hitting on things just like Riz is doing now. Um, but we're, we're going to start taking that forward view a little bit there at that point. And then we, you know, the draft coverage with the Riz is always just killer. He's, he's the super. Draft man, and, That's what I live uh, for. and we'll really start getting some going deep on some of that stuff. But um, right anyway, I just want to get to everyone's kind of expectations set for the show as we go forward because that's after that Thanksgiving one is when we're going to really start looking towards some of those things. So sorry, really, absolutely. No, that's fine. That that is an important disclaimer. But just for now, if you're looking for wide receivers who fit, look for guys in games who are in offenses that are not spreads that can get open on their own. They can either find a hole against the zone or beat a guy off the line. Uh, you, you don't, don't watch Oklahoma state. Don't watch um, Baylor. Although Jalen Hurd's kind of interesting. That's, He's kind of redundant with, uh, with Kenny Galladay. Um, they've been spent a lot of time at Alabama and at Michigan. And I don't see that in Michigan a lot, that big separation receiver. Donovan Peoples Jones is getting there. Yeah. He's okay. Um, but, He's, right. I like not, him in Michigan. Not, right. But mm. yeah. You don't want the K. Neal Henrys of the world. You don't want um, uh, what's the guy, the the slower guy at Mississippi. I think it's Brown. I, I, I don't have notes in front of me. Um, you, you don't want those guys. You want a replacement for Golden Tate. So you want a five foot ten to six foot one guy under two hundred pounds who's going to run a short shuttle in under four seconds. If if they can't do that, don't even look at them because yeah. th- this team doesn't need those people. So that's that's the end of my draft segment for now. We no, that's good. That's, good. that's good. And I think that, that helps our listeners prepare for when we start we start digging a little bit on that. Um, there's another I, thing. I, I, I shifted to the draft hat earlier last week, and I'm having a lot of fun doing it. No, I know. How, you're so good at it, though. You it's know, an I know exciting how much class. It. It's, it's such a great year to not need a quarterback because these quarterbacks are, oh, my God, bad. They're that's, so bad, Chris. They're I was going to so ask bad. you about that. This is everything, you know, how bad Stafford is and why we're losing all the games. Just In trade him, get that value, and, and draft a winner this year. Isn't that the, the – I've heard that strategy from a number of people. I will say this. Jake Rudock coming out would be num- no worse than the fourth best quarterback in this draft class. No worse than that. He might be better than that. That This draft class is awful at quarterback. So that sounds like a st- sound strategy then. Woo. Well, it, it almost worked for the Bills. Almost. <laughs> uh, and by the way, we, do, we, do not, we, we are not claiming Nathan Peterman. No. What? End of story. Next, you're oh god, Riz, you just you wrecked a whole segment. If, if, right. if they do, I, I will eat something that I don't want to eat. That's it. Claim Peterman, put him up, start him, show him that the Bills were wrong, that Jim Bob Cooter is the right coach for the the offense, and uh, get 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 some success out there, and then dump Stafford, send him off to the Bills, get yourself just some wicked stuff for for Stafford. It's it's the it's the ultimate plan. It really is. Uh, there was another thing that somebody put that I'd seen put out there, and then it's I. I don't know if it's out of desperation, you know, because times like these desperate thoughts, you know, lead for different desperate measures and that kind of stuff. Um, I saw it pontificated that maybe Matt Ryan's coach broke Stafford because he worked out with him over the 
over the summer. You see how bad Matt Ryan's been this year. He's been an absolute ass. Um, obviously, that, that coach destroyed <laughs> both of them in their careers forever. Uh, rip in peace. <laughs> so I, I just watched the Falcons this past week, and they lost to the Browns. Yeah, no. um, and and it, 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 it wasn't Matt Ryan's best day, but they couldn't stop. They, they, got, they gave up a 92 yard run where the guy didn't get touched. I don't know. I don't know how that's Matt Ryan's fault either. It's not his, it's his coach. That's what did it. Matt Ryan's oh, coach they, broke the defense. And the fact that they have five defensive starters, they're, they're both starting safeties, two of their linebackers and their nose tackle are all on injured reserve. That doesn't help either. Oh, God. Oh. But somehow people in Atlanta are having the same conversation about Matt Ryan that we are about Matthew Stafford. It's, there, there, there are people across the pond I, I, here on the shores of West Michigan who think that Aaron Rodgers is probably getting to the point where they start to need to think about getting rid of him because they don't like his attitude. He doesn't fit well with Coach Mike McCarthy, who's clearly proven that he can be a winner. Oh yeah, he's, and he's, they he's have the Sean Kaiser in there. Yeah. They have their young replacement in place, <laughs> the guy who led the Browns to a winless team last year. The uh, you cannot underestimate the stupidity of fans. Who do meth? That's all I can say. <laughs> oh, there's there's softer drugs that'll that'll soften your mind as well. So there's that. So um, all right. I don't I don't I don't do drugs, so I I don't know. I just I, I, I default to meth. That's why you're good at the draft, Riz. <laughs> <laughs> Takes a sound mind and body. I try. All right. Uh, hey, let's really quick. Let's talk about Peter von Panda. Uh, YouTube.com yes, slash Peter please. Von Panda. That's a, that is a fun topic to talk about. Oh, we yeah. love Peter Von Panda. We love this guy. He's crazy. He's great. Man. He is. He called into the show over the weekend. They post game show, had some fun. He's calling PVP in the download, but you know, you, you people know. When you know somebody like that, you can go ahead and go with, uh, with straight up initials. But uh, Peter Von Panda, he's, he's awesome. He's got a great uh, YouTube channel, does YouTube reviews uh, on all kinds of stuff. All you name it. I mean, you want a fire pit, you, he'll tell you which one to get. Um, goes to town and that stuff and then he's got a bunch of other fun and exciting and funny majorly funny videos that he does and he's pumping like three four of these things a day this guy is is cranking the stuff out you want to have a good time you're looking for something to look at at youtube uh peter von panda he's a sponsor of the show so make sure you give him some love anybody that sponsors our show like directly like says hey give me some money for uh you know give it a mention absolutely number one we have to enjoy it. We have to think it's it's worthwhile. It's good. You know, I've had a lot of like gambling places come up, and even though we're, we're an explicit thing, I, I I just I'm not gonna I'm not gonna promote tobacco. I'm not gonna promote. You know, I, I just, there's just some there's some lines I'm gonna draw. So uh, you know that's that. But Peter Van Panda was awesome. He's got great stuff, and, and and we believe in his sense of humor. So YouTube.com/slash Peter Von Panda. Check him out. Join the forty five thousand, fifty thousand, fifty five thousand subscribers that he has. And uh, have fun with that. All right, now let's take a look at you want to. You know, Peter isn't offensive, but our offense has been offensive. Uh, let's take a little bit of of a look at how we think maybe this could improve. And I, I just threw together a list here, Riz, and I'm going to riff it off of, off of you, see what you think, and then see if you have any other options on top of of what we put together here. First off, I think increase the pace, vary the pace, do something other than snapping the ball at five seconds left on the play clock. Well, you think that might help? Oh my God, that has been a pet peeve of mine for a long time. So I actually tracked this in the in the game this weekend. Um, and I don't remember the the series of plays. It was in the first half of the game, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I actually think it was right towards the end of the first half. I, I tracked it. I wrote it down. They wrote they snapped the ball with eight seconds between two and one, one between two and one, one between two and one, eight in between two and one. <laughs> that seems repetitive to me. 
And on on two <laughs> the last two, there a free rusher came and and had it timed and took off with his ears pinned back. And one of them did resu- one of them was was the play where uh, Leonard Floyd beat Rick Wagner for a sack. Because mm-hmm. because he was he was at full speed and Wagner's like what the hell yeah. I mean it, it's it's like a dump truck trying to stop a, a a Porsche I mean if you're in the way it's great but if you're not in the way you're you're in trouble and how much of an advantage is it for a defender when he knows your snap count does does that give him an edge or is it just it doesn't matter I'm asking for a friend JBC. Uh, <laughs> JFC, <laughs> JBC, JBC. <laughs> oh, We're in Motown, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh God, right, it's, right. I mean, maybe the, the question that, was rhetorical. <laughs> the, the problem is, is that this has been a problem for Jim Bob Cooter since he took over. There is no. I, we go. We, I wrote about it this morning. I wrote about five five lions who shouldn't be back in 2016. Jim Bob Cooter was the first one that I wrote down. He isn't first in the piece, but he's the first one that I wrote down. <laughs> when when the San Francisco 49ers and the and the New York Jets look at where those teams are, by the way, tell you that they know your plays when you have a certain personnel in how they're lined up. They know what down and distance, what play packages you're choosing from, and they can tell by the alignment and the way that you're, you, you, there's no pre-stamp motion ever, ever. <laughs> they, when those teams tell you that, maybe listen to them. We did a little bit. I mean, the, to be to be fair to Cooter, he did do more variations on those sorts of things. When when did we win? We won. In, we won against New England. We won in Miami. It was especially the game where I really noticed it, where he shook things up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's gone. He's gotten away from it. He's gotten away from it the last three weeks. Minnesota players were saying it to the. There was there there was the exchange on the sideline, um, where. Um, uh, I'm forgetting the point in the game when it was, but there was a point in the sideline where the uh, one one Lions receiver and I th- I actually think it was Michael Roberts went out of bounds like on a missed play on the Viking sidelines and the, you could see them jawing and he just he just like nodded and and walked back a little bit like like yeah we knew your play bro and he's like yeah but you, <laughs> you know, know that, one- that, 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 that's me projecting that. That's yeah. not him saying that, but that's it. Was, it clearly looked like that's what was going on. Well, the one thing you do prevent by using the same snap count every time is you really do a good job of um, preventing the the false start penalties. Well, <laughs> can I just say so? So Shut Sunday, because <laughs> I've been setting you up like this all day. I'm just oh wanting you to God. knock them down, buddy. Just bam, bam, bam. So so Sunday, I'm I'm watching. I watch the Browns and the and the Lions at the same time. I have two TVs on. Greg Robinson is the starting left tackle for the Cleveland Browns right now. Can I just? Yes. I, I have to. I'm sorry, Riz. I got, you watch the Lions, the Browns at the same time. What kind of a? What do you do to yourself? <laughs> my wife, you, my you wife is, and, I don't. And I, I really you don't do drugs. Yeah, that's what I, you expect me to believe right now. <laughs> I really pissed off some minor deity in a past life, man. I don't oh know what the hell I did. God. Yeah. Oh, okay. oh it's, so yeah. That that that's my Sundays. Oh, for the last two years. Poor guy. <laughs> oh yeah. So so. But Greg Robinson has not allowed a sack this year yet. In two games, he's he's actually looked pretty good. Why has he looked good? 
One, because the Browns have a, they have a fantastic new offensive coordinator in Freddie Kitchens. He played the, they put in the wishbone last week. <laughs> this was the last time you saw the wishbone in an NFL game. Man. They ran like eight plays out of it. It was awesome. I love the wishbone. That's, I mean, they, I could go back to those days right now. Oh, hell yeah. So Billy Sims could too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he could, he could be successful in the NFL in the wishbone <laughs> offense today. Yes. We got to get him yes, back on, by the way. He's great. Uh, yes, he was. I, we had to talk about that this, this weekend with a couple of people. Yeah. So anyways, um, the one of the reasons why Greg Robbins is successful is because the Browns do so many different things on offense. They mix things up very nicely. The other thing they do, they give him tight end help. Remember Darren Fells? Remember oh, when he was wow. here? Played 60% of the snaps last weekend. He hasn't allowed a pass. He has not allowed a pass hurry in his resp- pass blocking responsibility this season. And he plays about 40% of the Brown snaps. And he is never, he is never lined up outside. He's they one help, they help their fans. weak, they help their weak links. Man. Where is that in the Detroit offense? Where is help when you've got Khalil Mack standing alone with in basically a wide nine? We all know what wide nine is. <laughs> I've got and my you've got Bermuda Schwartz on. <laughs> and you, yes, and you've got Rick Wagner there, who's not. Rick Wagner's really good if you come right at him, but if you can get around Rick Wagner, he's he's toast. Yep. We saw that this weekend. Where is the tight end chip? Where is a running back yep. going and, and assigned specifically to pick him up? That is not something that Jim Bob Cooter ever, ever, ever freaking does. <laughs> Yeah. Pisses me off. Yeah, and I, I do have to say though that Khalil Mack's name wasn't called as much as I thought it was going to be this this last weekend. That was that was good news. I thought he didn't have the kind of game that he had when he opened his season against the Packers. <laughs> and I thought I thought God, that, man, that was fun. That wasn't I, that fun to watch? If you would have asked me if one of the Lions <laughs> were going to leave that game in an ambulance, it would have. I would have said it was Matthew Stafford. <laughs> that would have been my prediction long before Sam not, Martin. Not Sam Martin. <laughs> What the hell, man? I still don't know the whole story behind that. <laughs> yeah. He was—he won't answer questions about coughing up blood. Does that mean he was coughing up blood? No, it just he won't answer questions about it. That's that's part of it. You got to. To be to be fair, tomorrow I texted a Pete writer um, yesterday, and he's like, "I really don't know," <laughs> I, and I believe him. Um, you might know now, but at that point, they did not know. <laughs> he wouldn't. He wouldn't answer questions about getting beat up by the marching band, right? He, he, really, he was beat up yes. by the marching band? No, 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 that no, that happened. No, no, we just got a nice headline now. All right, so okay, let's move on to the next uh, offensive improvement opportunity. Use play action more. Uh, oh. Matthew Stafford has 125.3 rating when using play action. Is that uh, you, good, Chris? You, no, it's terrible. It's it's absolutely terrible. Damn. <laughs> um, you can't use it every play, folks. I understand, right? Because <laughs> after a while, people won't buy it. But you could use it once in a while because it works. Just thinking things that work. <laughs> Sometimes you do them again. Can I get that? So Josh Allen is the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. We'll go back to the Bills for a second. He tried play action on a play with an empty backfield this year. That's how god awful that guy is. <laughs> even like the even like and he has sycophants far beyond what Kellen Moore ever had in Detroit. Oh, and they're like. I, I got nothing on that. Play <laughs> he action turned, to an he empty turned backfield. like he was going to play action fake to an empty backfield. That is awesome. That is absolutely fabulous. That I, I got to oh. get the, the film of that one. So that should help, right? I mean, is that something that we could use to maybe, uh, if anything, no. buy yes. some time, buy some separation? Right. That's how you get some separate. That's how you can manufacture some separation, Chris. That's synergy. This is how you tie things together. Oh, thanks, buddy. It's beautiful. All right, better than my hair is looking today. Oh no, nothing is better than your hair is looking today, dude. It's it is on point. 
I am fly. If it was three or four years ago, I'd tell you you're on fleek, but we'll move on. Uh, okay, let's. Uh, <laughs> this one's a little bit more kind of blue sky thing in here, but uh, what if we were to find other ways to get receivers who can separate? I'm not saying go sign Des. <laughs> <laughs> which is its own story. Fucking poor Des. I, I don't think I've ever thought I'd say the words poor Des, but man, poor Des. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Agreed. Um, but there's got to be. Is, is there anyone? Is there anyone out there? I mean, I know Chris Durham hasn't been signed. Uh, he might be. <laughs> is there anywhere to get anyone who can get some separation? Or are we going to have to manufacture it? Jeremy Curley. I say that dead serious. Jeremy yeah. Curley was the Jets' leading receiver one year. He was the 49ers' leading receiver one year. He is still out there. He is a slot receiver. He is exclusively a slot receiver. Now, we are going to get Bruce Ellington, and that guy can play a little bit, I'm, yeah. and I'm excited to see what he can do. He was really good in Houston at playing in the slot and running routes between 5 and 12 yards to the inside and to the outside. He can do all that. He's got very strong hands. He'll play this week. That's going to help. Mm-hmm. But it, it, he might have pulled another hamstring while we're talking here. I mean, that's just oh, that's man. just the way he is. The good so thing that, about bringing someone into the Lions is everyone already knows the playbook, so they can get they're up to speed. <laughs> <laughs> Especially Curly because he's played for the Jets and the 49ers. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know. Uh, right, no, so. but be, beyond that, I mean, there really isn't. I mean, in all honesty, Bruce Ellington was the best. He was certainly the best option on the free agent. Brandon Marshall doesn't help this team. That's not what they need. We talked about what they need earlier. They need guys who can get open quickly in a route. Bruce Ellington can do that. So I, th- I think that will help some. Um, Curly can do that. Curly, uh, uh, he's, a, he's a frustrating player because he's one of those guys that I always thought should be better than he is. Yeah. He's not bad. He's a good number three receiver. You feel um, like there's a higher ceiling than he ever hit. Yes, I, I do, and I still feel that way. Yeah. We don't want Braxton Miller. That guy's terrible. Um, they're, I'm trying to think who else is out there. Uh, There's just not real good options. Terrell Pryor got released today. Hell, hell to the no. He would last one practice under Matt Patricia, and Patricia would kill him. <laughs> Could we maybe tra- trade for a good pass-catching tight end like Eric Ebron? <laughs> <laughs> He's got 10 touchdowns. Ten. Ten. Why am I such an asshole today? All right. Um. He, he was he was so wide open on two. And now, I don't know if it was him being great or the Colts offense under Frank Reich, a, a rookie coach, by the way, uh, being innovative. Uh, but there was one play. He, even in the all 22, there's nobody else in the picture when he catches them. He, he, no, just remember, though, he's dropped a pass like that for the Lions. <laughs> just, just, just. Yes, he has. So, so he has 10 touchdowns. He does lead all tight ends in drops. He has six on the year. Um, and he has one of the lowest pass blocking um, and run blocking grades from BFF. So he's giving you the Ebron experience. He's having a career year, though. And in light of the fact that the Lions tight ends have not had one game that has equaled any one game that Eric Ebron has produced in Indianapolis, um, combined as the entire team of tight ends, has not had one game that's as good as Ebron's worst game in Indianapolis this year. Yeah, that's really frustrating. Yeah. Well, maybe we could reach out to him, get Blandino to give him a call. This guy needs a and I'm going to find him and just give him a big fat <laughs> Did you see Ebron too? By the way, he chimed in on on the Golden Tate trade. Like they'd be getting rid of everybody good, yeah, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I can't stand that guy. All right, the last one I got. I, I, def- I got to defend Ebron way too much. He, he's a, he's a child, mm-hmm. but he he's also a man child. Yeah. And he's 
Absolutely. when he's not being the child part of the man child, he, he's a pretty damn good man. He's a grown ass man. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All right. And so the last thing I have on my list of ways in the which the offense can improve. The number one answer is fire your offensive coordinator. That's a big topic this week. Chris. <laughs> um, I don't think you fire him now. I don't think you fire him in two weeks to three weeks. I think he's he just you're going to have to live out the season with him. Uh, maybe you poke him, maybe you light a fire under him, maybe you think he can stick around if he does, you know, reach a certain targets. But I think he's he's shown. Talk about ceilings. I think we've seen. Um, I almost called him Lombardi. We, we've seen this. We've seen the back of Cooter, and uh, we, there's no more to see, right? <laughs> we have exploited that for all we can get out of it. Yeah, it's time to move on to another funny name. <laughs> yeah, yes, it is. <laughs> you know, and and there there are a lot of people who want to fire him now, and I may or may not raise my hand at that as well. The problem is, and and I'll go back to something that a, an old boss of mine told me, a very wise man. Um, uh, don't come to me with a problem without having a solution in mind as well. Do we have a an in-house option? Because you're not getting anybody off the street right now. You're just not. Thank you. No, that just fire them. Fire everybody. Don't you know that's, okay, that's so, how it works? So, so your 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 in-house option is George Godsey. Let's go over George Godsey's. Uh, he's the quarterbacks coach. He was the offensive coordinator for the Brocktober Houston Texans, but. Bill O'Brien took away his play calling because he was so bad at it. They were not good. Once Bill O'Brien took over, by the way, a coach that Houston freaking hates, I might add, um, and want him, they want him to die in much the way that most Lions fans want Matt Patricia to die. Um, it's a fire you know, and there's grease, right? Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> Maybe a demon or two. Um yeah, so so when when O'Brien took over, they wound up winning a playoff game with Brock Osweiler. That's that's George Gossie's legacy was that you know he was he was terrible, and it convinced Bill O'Brien to become a much more hands-on offensive coach and wound up leading to the playoff game. He is a, he's not a bad option like down the road, but you're not he he's not a guy with vision. He's not a guy who's who's excelled at creating game plans. That's what you need. Because um, you're stuck with the Cooter playbook this year. Right, exactly. You're not going to overhaul your playbook nine or ten, or ten weeks into the season. That, yeah. that just can't happen. We will ride the Cooter until the end of the year, and then we will all ejaculate when he's gone. <laughs> oh, wow. You do paint a picture with those words. Thank you so much, Riz. <laughs> Um, remember, this show is explicit and rated, and there's a reason for it. So just that's my fault. Talking. Sorry, no, no, no. That's okay. That's okay. it's it's not the worst thing I ever said on this show. So believe we'll it. I, I probably said the worst thing ever on this show. <laughs> oh man, no. So no, but that's it. That's 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 why we do put everything there because sometimes we, you know, we, we are ourselves and we, we work don't blue. Yeah, yeah, and we don't have the FCC. You you can pretend it's radio and there's an FCC there and limit yourself, or you can just be you, and that's what we do is us. So there you go. No, and I think you're I think you're absolutely right. You're not going to get a new playbook. And the other thing for 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 Cooter's sake. His resume is already written. They all know his playbook. So wherever he goes, they know what they're getting when they sign him up. Um, yeah, he's he's got to go. Absolutely. Putting him out there. Nobody's going to take that playbook and, and have this crazy game plan and vision out there that's going to impact the season, number one. Number two, just here's – it was like last year at the end of the year when Caldwell seemed to say, go ahead and open it up because we're – you know, I'm gone. You're playing for your life right now. Go to town. Let him know he's playing for his life and his resume. And maybe he'll start pulling out some of those 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 plays and start scheming things a little different because he's desperate because he sure seems to do a good job when he's desperate. When he's complacent, 
not so much. Show me wishbone with 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 carry on high, Legarrette to the right, Theo to the left, mm. two tight ends, Toi mm. Lolo who can block, yeah, yeah, Luke Wilson on the other side. You have Kenny Galladay as your wideout, and just run the Oklahoma offense from 1977. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 then the last step is profit. <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of profit, let me tell you about Amazon. What a great place to do all your shopping and uh, get anything you need that isn't your sports-related merch or your seats that you get from SeatGeek. But you head on over to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. You click on that shop link. Amazon's there. There's also a link on the side of the page you can use. And if you click that to go to Amazon, no funny stuff, no other pop-ups or any of that other crap. But uh, it just tells them that you came from the podcast. And they say, those guys are great. We're going to give them a little kickback based on how much the person buys. So I think you're going to buy it. Amazon, they give us a little kickback. It doesn't cost you more and uh, it helps us out it's a great way to help the show by doing what you're going to do anyway and especially with the uh, holiday seasons coming up the gift giving time you've got black friday hitting soon and all the other stuff not only can you buy gifts for others but you can gift the show by going to detroit lions podcast and hitting that shop link and who who doesn't want to gift the show right i mean really i i i i i just don't know All right, there you go. DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Click on the Amazon link for all your purchasing consumerism needs. Uh, All right, so let's talk about the upcoming game against Carolina Panthers. This is going to be a walk in the park, Riz. We're home. You got Cam, who's not mobile, has no arm. You've got a guy in uh, Christian McCaffrey who's proven that he doesn't know how to move the ball. He can't do crap. Um, they only scored 21 points last week. Um, they're, they're obviously uh, complete failures. They should be relegated to some kind of maybe the XFL when it comes live because they don't have the talent to even compete at the level of the NFL, unlike the Lions. Tell me I'm wrong. I mean, if you watched them last week, everything you said is right. They gave up 52 points, came through a pick six. How oh, cheese. <laughs> 52, 52 burger, 52. And, it, and to be fair, they, they, they did get to 21 and they, they garbage as much as Matt Stafford gets accused of stat padding. Yeah, check, check out what Cam Newton did in that game. <laughs> um, yeah, he actually wound up with 103 yards and I think 70 of that passing came in their final drive to Mr. McCaffrey. Good job. Yes, Mr. McCaffrey. Mr. McCaffrey is pretty darn good. Yeah, this is going like to be a challenge. Yeah. It's it's a they have they are an offense that is top heavy. They are they have Cam who's really good. They have McCaffrey who's pretty darn good. Uh, Greg Olson is an above average tight end. I'd love to have him here. Oh god, yeah. Devin Funches is their Devin Funches is their number one wide receiver. He is probably at on um, in most offenses like the way Marvin was when earlier this year, when when Tate and Galladay were clearly the number one and number two, um, and Marvin was a fine number three. Mm-hmm. That's that's probably Devin Funchess's ceiling as a functionality. He's your prototypical Michigan wide receiver, University of Michigan wide receiver. Yeah, he's not. He's not. A, he's not. He's not terrible. He can catch. Yeah, he's not terrible, but he's not lighting things on fire. You, you see. You, uh, so you say that, and I think of like David Terrell, um, the man who said, I, "I got me a Mercedes, I got me a Benz." That's <laughs> the best, the best quote for a dumb athlete ever. <laughs> I didn't give me no Mercedes, I got me a Benz. <laughs> David, David Terrell, ladies and gentlemen, your Michigan at tax dollars hard at work funding his scholarship. Oh, God. <laughs> 
or Bray, Braylon Edwards comes to mind. Yeah. No, Funchess is better than those guys. He's a good player. DJ Moore, they're they're I forget what round rookie out of Maryland is is a decent player. He I'll actually you, has he so, reminds he reminds me a little of Stephon Diggs, his predecessor at Maryland. Yeah, the one thing that uh, Michigan receivers have is they have better ball handling skills than Plaxico Burris has gun handling skills. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Steve fans. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Steve oh fans. I couldn't help it. <laughs> oh, oh my! He's never <laughs> fallen asleep in an, in on the border in Novi either. Your face when I said that. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Okay, let's get where's the rails. We're so far off. I can't even find them after falling off of those rails. So oh yeah. Okay, Carolina. Let's talk about their defense. <laughs> Unless you have more on the on the wide receiver or anything. No, I mean they, they're they are. They're, but the thing is that like the rest of their offense is not. I mean, Curtis Samuel is your typical Ohio State receiver. He's not any good. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, the, the, their their offensive line is they have. Um, I'm trying to think. Of, uh, uh, Turner. Is really good. Mm-hmm. The rest of their offensive line, not so much. I mean, they, they have they, they have their hits and misses. They overall, their offense is not as talented as what the Detroit Lions is. And I, yes, I am serious about that. But we're gonna trade Matthew Stafford. I thought that's where we end. Oh, I'm so confused. I, I I don't know what to tell you, man. Okay, go on, go on. Okay, so yeah, yeah. All right. So so defensively, they were crap, and then they signed Eric Reed, and they got a lot better, and then they really got just. They got torn apart by Pittsburgh. Um, now, do the Lions have Antonio Brown? No. Do they have Juju Smith-Schuster? Not really. Do they have James Conner? Maybe. I, I think Kerryon Johnson can do a lot of the same things that James Conner does, actually. I think I think Matthew Stafford asking him to go 22 for 25 is probably unrealistic, but can he go 21 for 30 and throw three touchdowns and no picks and, you know, get a QB rating over, over 130? Yeah, he can do that against this defense. Not actually worked out with Matt Ryan's coach. <laughs> you know, they, they don't get sacks a lot. The um, K, K1 short is really good up the gut. They got one sack last week. It came from... <laughs> I almost said Jabril. Julius Peppers, who's like who's like my age and still getting it. He actually got down the field and broke up a pass last week too. So yeah, I he's incredible. He, really he is. is. He's he's a, he's a super freak. Super yeah. freak. Super freaky. See, we got more now. Rogers. There you go. Tie tie all this together. Yeah, it comes all down back to together. Yeah. So let's let's talk about what we think the outcome is going to be. How do you think this team? And this is where. And I'm not going to let you use the schizophrenia defense here, okay? You've got a there's no insanity defense. Which Lions team is going to show up, and what's going to happen in the end when they when they see these Panthers at home? I'm telling you, if the Lions that played the, in October, if they if the, I, I am I am maybe I'm a little <laughs> but that's the thing you don't know Man. you don't know. I I had that epiphany this past weekend that you know oh my god that that Lions team is going to show up in Chicago and we're going to. We're going to ram them. Um, it didn't didn't work that way. This is going to be one of those years um, where, again, at the end of the year, we're going to be going Riz is right. They're going to be a seven and nine team, right? And they're going to wind up plump in the middle or slightly above middle in the draft picks. And people are going to be like, oh, crap. <laughs> Why? Why didn't we just suck for luck? Remember suck for luck? Why didn't we just die and get the better draft pick? But I don't think we want 
a top five pick. Do, not not just based on the bad record either, but in the top five, is there anyone that we would we would I be mean, really missing it, out on if we didn't have a top five pick? And Oliver would be pretty cool. Uh, Quinn and Williams would be pretty cool. Though I, I I tend to think that with snacks now and with the way that Deshaun Hand has come on, I don't think defensive line is as big of a need as an edge rusher or a cornerback who can turn and run. Uh, I th- those are my two primary needs. Yeah. And those come so, a little bit later, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, there is not, uh, other than Nick Bosa, there is not the alpha male pass rusher. If right now, right now the Lions are picking seventh. Yeah. I, I tend to think they're going to wind up picking between eight and 15. Um, and, and that's not bad. That's not, if, if that's where the record takes them this year, that I, I, I just want to tell people up front that, oh, you should have sucked. You got number one pick or number two, pick. you know, that, that's not it. It's not, that's not where this team needs to be. And I have a feeling if they did wind up there, that would do way more damage to this team than any pick they're going to get. Is gonna the the only reason why I would want to be up there is if this was a quarterback draft and there were people who wanted to trade up for a quarterback like last year, yeah. which was a great quarterback draft. If Drew Locke, it, let, let's say Justin Herbert and, and Dwayne Haskins stay in school, Drew Locke is probably going to be the first quarterback taken. He's a fourth-round talent at best. Believe me on that. Will Greer, I have a hard time thinking that a guy who got thrown out of Florida for heroin is going to be a first-round draft pick. That you, don't get thrown out of Florida, you don't get thrown out of Florida for your first time with heroin. We'll put it that way. <laughs> I mean, if you have, if you have, look it up, that's, that's what happened to him. <laughs> I'm not making that up. <laughs> I have a hard time thinking he's going to pass the character stuff for a lot of teams. I don't know, but he's, he's a fun quarterback. Yeah. Um, the kid from Duke is pretty good, but not a first round talent. Not in my opinion. Anyways, um, the, uh, I'm trying to think who else there's, there's one other guy who I, I kind of like, like I could, I could be talked into thinking maybe he could be a, as good as Andy Dalton type of level ceiling. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not exactly what I want to replace Matt Stafford. No, no. So yeah, we're going to trade for him any minute now. So what do you think? <laughs> um, how do you think the, the, the fan base reacts after a win against Carolina? Is this going to bolster and boost people's spirits? I tell you what, just there are going to be a lot of very quiet people who have been very loud the last few weeks. Oh my God, we're the worst team in the league. The Fords need Martha needs to die. Fire so we can Martha. Help team. <laughs> don't, don't fire her, kill her. So she, so her, her daughters have to sell the team off. Let Dan Gilbert buy it. Never mind. Dan Gilbert. Look at the, look at the freaking Cavaliers right now, folks. You don't want Dan Gilbert anywhere near your franchise. Trust me, as much as I love the Lions, the Cleveland Cavaliers have and always will be my number one rooting sports interest. I will be very upfront about that. They are a complete freaking train wreck and have been for the entire time when LeBron James has not been part of that team. Dan Gilbert, by the way, was stupid enough to buy in high on that team. He could have bought the team for $250 million less one year earlier, but he was too stupid to see that. He paid $250 million more than he needed to for the team. That, that's that, that's very Trumpian of him. Yeah. That's not what you want running your franchise. Nope. Nope. Hey, um, so that's great stuff on Carolina. We, we, we get a segment that we'll do really quick. We have to get to. <laughs> yeah. I just want to hit Scott Warheit again. I've talked about him a couple of times. He's we, a like, great, we like Scott a lot. Yeah, he's a great Scott's a good follow. Dude. He's a really, really good dude. He's been out to the training camp party every year. Um, his wife puts up with him doing all the, the lines things that he does right she's a sweet sweet lady good she is good family good good pair there but uh he put a great tweet out again he's uh says not to defend cutting ebron since we had this topic um because i thought it was a mistake at the time without a concrete plan to replace him though it could be argued we needed his eight million and wouldn't have snacks without it uh he says but anyway 
His PFF grade is basically the same as last year. TDs are fluky. And another friend from PFF, Brett Whitfield, Whitefield, uh, he's a complete liability in the run game. And he says that's an understatement. <laughs> and uh, leads his position in penalties. Five of his 10 TDs have literally been uncovered, as we talked about today. Um, so there you go. So you know, the folks that are, are loving themselves some Ebron and, and maybe thought I was serious with my trade for a pass-catching tight end. Um, that, that's not that's not the case, right? So let's just go. And, and, and I want to put that narrative to bed, and I feel like it's going to be another year or two before we get to. Yeah. We'll be scouting tight ends soon, folks. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. After Thanksgiving. <laughs> yes, yes right. we will. All right. So we got this one last thing we like to do, and uh, it's when our friends like the Riz take us around, around the division. Oh, that's my favorite. Oh, 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 that's my favorite. I need, that sound needs to be in every song ever written from this point forward. I just love it. <laughs> You're going to call your friends at Coheed. Let's get that going. I'll get the I Prevail guys on it. <laughs> Burke, I'm, sure the Coheed, so, so, I'm sure the guys at Coheed, I'm, I'm sure Claudio's into that. Although, so I, saw, I saw a Coheed last night, as you know, since you're making the reference to it. Um, I took my daughter. It was fantastic. It was her first concert as a 10-year-old. I was the coolest dad there. It was awesome. You've been the coolest so, dad forever, man. You are so good with those kids. It's, I, it's I try, something. man. I, you got you got to try. They're, they're only young ones. Yeah. So so um, <laughs> between the bands, um, and, and thank you, scientists, by the way, it was amazing at the beginning, the opening act. They are a fusion rock act that has a trumpeter, a violinist and a saxophonist like mixed in with like jazz metal. It's awesome. Wow. So then, so then between sets, between when the, the next act, which was maps and atlases and they were God awful came on. And then Coheed, like when they're breaking it down, they're playing like, like Phil Collins and Philip Bailey's easy lover and Holland Oates, private eyes. And so it's Coheed. I mean, that's, that's a rock band. Um, a little on the progressive side. They're, they're a little on the heavy side sometimes. So there's like 2,200 people in a small arena and we're all singing and clapping to private eyes. So you get like the, the, the retro music that's catchy like that. It works, man. So yeah, the, no, that's, I, I will give you a nod to your little uh, thing. I, you saw me on camera. I'm shaking my booty. Oh yeah. Yeah. Looking good. You saw Spider-Man on stage. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I, yes, I did. But no, you were, you were, uh, you were letting the mother beep and bleep drop. Beat drop. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> That's the butthead move, dude. <laughs> All right. So as we think about around the division, let's talk about let's start at the bottom. We're looking at the Packers, aren't we? Yes. Yes, we are. <laughs> they, are they are the next closest to the bottom. Um, they are at Civil War um, because they have a really good running back in Aaron Jones. We remember him. And Mike Never McCarthy is insistent on not playing him. <laughs> and I. I, I'm dead serious when I say this. And I, I know Lions fans don't believe this. Again, I live within ear. I can get Milwaukee radio over the air. They hate Mike McCarthy. They, they want him to die. Just like the Texans fans want Bill O'Brien to die. Although that's mild because now he's in first place, but it, they feel about him. Like he is holding back the team much more to a degree than any Lions fan ever felt about Jim Caldwell. That's that's the God honest truth of how they feel about him. So they wow. are at a point, and remember the people who he was comfortable with, 
they're now in Cleveland. Cleveland, by the way, might need a head coach this offseason. Just, just saying. Just saying. Jim Bob Cooter's open. Oh, God, no. No, they're, they're going to keep Freddie Kitchens around. I can tell you that right now. Uh, I think as an offensive the NFL would block Cooter just because of the, the jokes. They would block him ever from being a head coach. That that might be true. I, I honestly hope um, if I really do hope for Jim Bob that he goes to a college program and, and turns it around a little bit and revives himself and then crawl, crawls back into the NFL at some point. I, I think that's a very realistic career path for him. And I hope, I hope it does. He's not a bad human. He's just a bad football coach. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's something that gets lost so often in, in people. When we talk about you know, the sport that we love so much is they make it so personal. We, we, you, you know, the, the best one, the very, very best person that we've ever kind of had that kind of turnaround with. Was. Hey, Dean Blandino here, and I can tell you unequivocally that call was 100% wrong. Right. I mean, we hated the guy. I, you get to know him, hang out with him a little bit. It, it's all of a sudden like, wow, you know, I was really mad in the moment. I was mad about the team. I was mad about the call. But he, he's, I, I really don't want him to die in a grease fire. <laughs> he's, no. he's a pretty good guy. I actually want to go have drinks with him again and just kind of chill, right? <laughs> I'd love to be a fly on that wall. <laughs> it's it's just it's I don't know it's it's one of those things and Jim Bob I hate what's happened to this team's offense I hate that you haven't been able to really figure it out and that's that's where I'm at I know you've got the tools that you got Matthew Stafford is is, is I don't want to say Matthew Stafford's a tool but he is he is absolutely um, uh, capable to lead this team to to all you know the ultimate in victories um, you need some other pieces I guess but you've had a long time to put those together and what we haven't seen change at all is is the way that play calling and that playbook are lined up from year to year to year. That first year when you took over in the bye week before we got destroyed by Kansas City in London, I get it, right? Whatever, you you, you were working from an existing playbook, um, but it didn't seem like it changed <laughs> the following years. So. No, I knew it did not. It feels like we're still playing Joe Lombardi's playbook. We might be. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> we very well might be. Point made, point made. <laughs> All right, so uh, we'll move up to the next step, and by the virtue of a tie, (laughs) the second place Minnesota Vikings, a half game behind the Chicago Bears, they're playing each other this this weekend, so we can always hope for a meteor strike. But uh, what what do we got going in Minnesota? it's, it's kind of a big game, really. It, it, it In Chicago, is being shown as, okay, we avoided our trap game in Detroit. And yes, they did refer to it as a trap game. And, and you know, honestly, they were probably right about that. Um, they, they survived that. So now this is their real challenge. Do, can, is their young team and, and young quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky, ready to lift them to the proverbial next level? This is the same conversation we've had about Matthew Stafford in Detroit, um, especially early in his career. When, when, you know, like go back to 2011, when, when we finally made the playoffs and we're good, um, relatively speaking, that's where the Bears are right now. This is a huge week for that narrative and that arc going forward. If they lose, it sets them back a lot, I think, um, depending, on, depending on how their coaching staff handles it. And I think I kind of like Matt Nagy as a coach. I know it's bad to say nice things about the enemy, but he's a good coach. Um, tip your hat to him. Um, I I tend to like Mitchell Trubisky more than most people, um, more than even than a lot of Bears fans do. Uh, how are we friends? I, I don't know. <laughs> it just works, I guess. 
I like bros, man. I, you, you, you know that. You, you should have been a lacrosse player. Maybe if you were shorter, that would have been your thing. Maybe <laughs> the lacrosse bros are, are, are you know, lax bros. Sup, bro. Yeah. Sup. <laughs> Brady Quinn, the sup bro. That's a highlight of my highlight of my 2018. He winked. Ooh, now yeah, that, that would God, be. God, he's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now I'm really off tar- on a tangent. Um, no, so so, but th- for the Viking, the Vikings are like, you know, this is our division. We gotta, we have to reclaim our rightful place atop the division. So that that's how it's being framed in Minnesota. It's going to be an interesting battle from an X's and O's and schematics standpoint. I think it's going to be a really entertaining game to watch, and I will definitely go back and watch it once it's over. Um, I might just relish in the the abject pain that Minnesota has if they finish the season in anything other than first place. If yes, you know what, where, where their expectations are coming off of last year yep. and going out and signing the primo quarterback the, for all the that. Best. The best quarterback who's been available in free agency in a damn long time. Um, if you have visions of getting somebody better than Stafford in free agency, it, how do you feel about Kirk Cousins? <laughs> <laughs> you like that, don't you? You like that. <laughs> you like that. <laughs> no, I think, you know, look, you have your pain as Lions fan. You had your expectations dashed. You feel lied to. All those things. It hurts. It's all uh, the whole kind of uh, stages of grief that you have to go through with a team, but there's nothing better than schadenfreude to make that grief feel better. And nobody expected the Bears, so fine, you got one happy team with the Bears at the top, right? But to see the pain in Green Bay and the abject misery of second place in Minnesota would just just brighten my day that little bit more. (laughs) That would be fun. Oh God! I'm not rooting for the Bears. I'm just rooting against everybody else. <laughs> I love how you framed that. That's perfect. It's a that's very German per- thing. That's the perfect Detroit way. Perfect. It's like Stewie Griffin. It's not so much that I want Lewis to die. It's just that I want to not be alive anymore. It's one of my favorite lines. It's so perfect for how I see the world. Yeah, yeah. No, this is this is this is the German in me. If you want a little German in you, just give a call. We'll, we can put some in there too. Double my matter. Okay, on that bombshell, we're gonna call it a week. Uh, remember to show an easier involvement. Use the comments, the subreddit to give us your feedback and uh, let us know what you think. This is the community show, and uh, the community is the ones that have to own it to help make it better. And we love it when you do that. Um, don't forget about us on Patreon. Patreon.com/slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Patreon.com/slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Or head to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Click on the Patreon link. Join. Get the Slack chat. Get the the pre-show show 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 show, and uh, and get access to all that stuff. We're gonna do some Patreon uh, only giveaways as well, so you get a much smaller pool to win from. Sweet. Better odds. Better odds, baby. <laughs> Uh, make sure to check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast. And on Twitter, there's at Jeff Risden. If you're not following him, you are a bozo. So go do that. And at DET Lions podcast, at DET Lions podcast, the very best place to see the Riz, Case, me, Trevor, everybody. 
with no pants. This, this is the way in which you must walk, yes. Um, we have ways of taking our pants off. <laughs> Give us a call via Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast. That's Detroit Lions Podcast. Or call us on the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS. It's 929-335-4667. <laughs> Be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com, subscribe to the podcast, and we'll come in your little box automatically like we love to Woo! do. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. It's your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. Hey, Dean Blandino here, and I can tell you unequivocally that call was 100% wrong. Go Lions.